This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 14th, 2016. You are with me, Psalm 23, verse 1. still waters he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear fear no no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you You prepare prepare a table table before before me me in in the the presence presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows Surely Surely goodness goodness and and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I think I want to load that on my computer and just push replay, replay, replay. You can go on our Facebook page, Connection Community Church, Be sure to like us, because that helps get the word out about our church, your church, and that'll be posted so that you can enjoy that again. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And I've got to tell you, the first two services were freezing in here, but it got warm real quick, because the Lord is here, amen? Amen. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the people that came out and fixed our heat a little while ago, and for the people in the other two services who sat with coats on and heard the word of God. You are good to us in all times and all places, whether we're warm or cold, you are still good. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to worship you and to hear your message found in Psalm 23. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. And so today is the first day of Lent. Lent is a season in the church that runs from Ash Wednesday, this past Wednesday, until just up to Easter. Easter breaks it. Um, you won't find it in the Bible. You can look all day in the concordance Lent. You won't find it in the Bible. It's a, it's a church thing. It's a, developed by the church thing. It's a season in the church year where, where Christians uh, focus, especially focus, on spiritual disciplines such as prayer and fasting, Bible study, devotion, self-examination, meditation. We're always supposed to focus on those things, but this is especially focused, so we... Uh, Uh, as we look at our relationship with God and try to get ever closer to him through Jesus Christ. It's a very humbling time, a time where we look deep within. We search our souls, and we oftentimes, especially when we really, really take a look, we're not sure we like what we find. It's a challenging time when we realize that we're not as self-sufficient as we thought or as culture would have us think, 
It's a tough time when we come face to face with the fact that we are very needy at the end of the day. We are needy. And most of all, we are in need of a shepherd. Now that's pretty ironic, considering there's not much of a shepherd market in the greater metropolitan Middletown area these days. This idea of shepherd is biblical, coming from a time and a place where shepherds and sheep were plentiful. And so we use it as a metaphor for what we need. And if we need a shepherd, then that would make us the sheep. Uh, if you were here on Wednesday for the Ash Wednesday, a little bit of what we're talking about for the next couple of minutes, a little bit repetitive just to bring everybody else up to speed. You see, uh, saying that we're the sheep isn't something we really want to brag about because sheep aren't really the sharpest things going. Um, basically, they're dumb, directionless, and defenseless. Boy, I just said that's us, didn't I? Yeah. As a sheep will follow another sheep, even over a cliff to the death. Uh, we share Wednesday night a story of uh, 1,499 sheep who played follow the leader over a cliff over in uh, Europe years ago. 1,500 sheep just because they're too dumb to recognize that there's a cliff there. Wow. Uh, trouble is when we're left to our own uh, times, we uh, follow a leader to our demise uh, over the cliff of self-destruction sometimes. Like, like a sheep, there are times when, um, when on our own we truly don't have direction, at least one that has value, one that honors God and other people. Like sheep, we get into places that we really had no business getting and then have trouble getting out of on our own. It's really tough for us to admit that um, we truly are defenseless and vulnerable, not only to ourselves and to uh, uh, our desires, but to our tendency like sheep to wander off on our own away from the care of the shepherd uh, and the safety of the flock. But, but also, we're defenseless and vulnerable when it comes to the evil one, Satan, and his ongoing quest to steal and to kill and destroy. It's like a bear picking off the sheep in an unattended herd. Satan waits patiently to pick us off one at a time when we wander away from the attention of the shepherd. How about you? Been doing any wandering lately? <laughs> so who's that shepherd going to be? Well, for King David, who wrote uh, the Psalms that are found in the Bible, for King David, the same David that went before Goliath when he was just a little boy, he said that the Lord was his shepherd. And he wrote Psalm 23, perhaps the most well-loved, most repeated psalm in the Bible, a psalm that brings us comfort during times of great challenge. The Lord was David's shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. The question is for you today, is the Lord your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd? 
And to answer that, it um, was important to know just what that means. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, sounds good. It's pretty poetic, comforting. But what does it really mean? Shepherd's job was to watch, to care for, to protect the sheep. Sheep were very important to that culture back in David's time. Both, they were used both food and clothing. You know, the wool would be spun into thread, woven into garments. The meat was eaten. In addition, uh, lambs were often used for sacrificial purposes. You often read in Scripture where there was an unblemished lamb that was, that was slaughtered for sacrifice. Shepherds were responsible for the sheep to the point where they would not come back to the village if one was missing. They would either find and bring back the live sheep or they would bring back the dead carcass to show that it had been killed by some beast. If a sheep was missing, as we read in one of the parables that Jesus shares, the shepherd would leave the other sheep in order to go find the one. That's how important the sheep were. So the, she the shepherd knew the sheep individually. That really blows my mind because sheep look the same to me. But the shepherd knew the sheep individually. And the sheep knew the shepherd. It, it is said that if the herds got mixed up, the shepherd would just need to speak and the sheep would recognize, know the shepherd's voice and follow. That's and follow. Now, when they herded the sheep, uh, they often put them in the stone enclosure. There was no gate except for the shepherd, who literally was the gate. The shepherd would lie down uh, between these stone enclosures so that he could block any predators from coming to attack the sheep. And so the shepherd literally would lay his life down for the sheep he knew the sheep, and the sheep knew his voice. Mm. In the 10th chapter of the fourth book of the New Testament, second part of the Bible, it's the book in which a guy named John shares his recollections of Jesus' ministry. In that 10th chapter, Jesus refers to himself as the shepherd and the people as his sheep. He tells the people that he's talking to there in that setting, that the sheep will follow the voice of the shepherd, that they follow his voice, Jesus' voice, because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger because they don't know the stranger's voice. They run away from the stranger, in fact. When we invite Jesus into our lives, when we choose to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when we open ourselves up to Jesus being our shepherd, we learn to recognize his voice, to understand when he is talking to us, when he's communicating with us, when he's trying to get something through to us. We're, we're able to talk and listen to the shepherd. He, he's no longer a stranger. Jesus then says in John chapter 10 that he is the gate for the sheep. 
referring to that idea of the shepherd laying his life down uh, there in that stone place so that the sheep couldn't leave. And so Jesus says uh, he is literally laying himself down and he is the gate. That he came for all because the evil one, Satan, does want to kill, steal, and destroy God's people. He tells them that he is the real thing, the real deal, the gate, that whoever so enters through him, through the gate, will be saved. Referring to that evil one who wants to come and steal and kill and destroy, Jesus says that he has come so that they, the sheep, the sheep is you, are you, that's me, we are the sheep, that we may have life and have it to the full. And so Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. The world is us. It's you and me. But to save the world. The world is us, you and me. He came to save us and to bring life to the world. That's you and that's us. So that we might have life to the full. That is found in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Here's what Jesus goes on to say in John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep. Who are the sheep? That's us. The sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Say the rest with me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus laid down his life for the sheep, you and me, completely. He went to the cross. That's part of what this Lenten season is all about, preparation and focus on heading toward the cross with Jesus. He went to the cross and he died for you and for me that we might live life to the fullest. Not just in the here and now on earth, but in the there and then. After this is gone, yet we live on in eternity with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus knows his sheep intimately. And he calls his sheep by name. William, Susan, Ruth, David, Thomas, Sharon, Lewis, John, Elizabeth, Patricia. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And your name is on that list. Your name is on that list. And, and he is the gate. And he's the only gate through which we enter. It's through him, through Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, him and him alone, that we enter the kingdom of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That is found in Psalm 23, verse 1, and we're using the English standard version. There's another version that many of us have. We have the New International Version. And here's what that says. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Mm, 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 mm. I lack nothing. At first reading, boy, this seems pretty simple, cut and dried. The Lord is my shepherd. I got nothing to worry about. I have everything I need. I want for nothing. Isn't that comforting to know? Doesn't that give you a good feeling? Don't, that's partly why we love this 23rd Psalm. Amen? 
Come on. Amen? Amen. Oh, I'm worried there. I thought you all asleep. I want for nothing. And in fact, we usually do two, three versions of the message, rewriting, editing, rewriting. And the first version, version what we call 1.0 here, that's exactly what, how it was shared. We kind of breeze, breeze through this. I want nothing. Isn't that great? God's taking care of me. We're, we're good to go. I shared it with, shared it with Carrie, and Carrie says, something right here. Something I know some people in our congregation, they follow Christ. Christ is their shepherd. And they still have some wants, legitimate wants. They have needs. In fact, sometimes uh, their wants or needs are, are almost heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And, and so we looked at this again and said, we've got to dig a little bit more. We can't just scrape the surface with this. I like nothing. Got to take this a little bit deeper and see what happens. So after um, a considerable amount of struggle and prayer, we went to the Bible commentaries and to see what some of the other theologians or experts think or wrote about this, what they had to say, and we found that they basically glossed over it too. It's a great history lesson. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We finally found a sermon uh, called I Shall Not Want, written by Reverend Dean Snyder of Foundry uh, Church in Washington, D.C. And we always give credit for where we've gotten some stuff, so we want to make sure you know that. And he offered some interesting insights that really helped us deal with this unsettledness of this scripture. It really helped us unpack um, what, what we were dealing with. And so we considered what uh, Reverend Snyder said, and we prayed, and we just gave some consideration to us and all y'all. And, 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 and here's what we concluded. First is this, and Snyder shared this in that message. Uh, By our very nature, we are creatures of want. Can I get an amen on that? We want stuff even, even when we don't really need stuff. Go walk around the mall some afternoon. It's, it's right there. It's a lot of the stuff that we truly don't need, but we want. Businesses in our culture rely on this. Our, our, our economic system would come to a grinding halt, I think, if all we dealt in was our absolute needs. In fact, Oftentimes, in our culture, we try to create need where it didn't even exist before. Helping us to want something that's maybe not crucial, not necessary, not essential, but maybe fun, maybe entertaining, maybe something that would be, we would like. Reverend Snyder quotes the theologian Leonardo Boff, who says this. He says, a human being is fundamentally a being of desire. And then Boff goes on to say that our human capacity to want is infinite. <laughs> that means it is unending. 
That's both powerful and scary, isn't it? And we're not saying all of our stuff is wrong. We're not saying that. We're trying to deal with this scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When the Lord is our shepherd with those things that are things like, uh, you know, our 64-inch TV or however big it is. Only a 60. No, only on. a 60 with, yeah, anyway. We're able to control those wants. When the Lord is our shepherd, we can try to prioritize and put things in order. We need to ask the Lord to help us with those kinds of wants. And when the Lord is our shepherd, we're able to set our hearts on and our minds on things of God, turning our eyes on Jesus. Like Paul shared in his letter to the church in Rome, Romans 8, verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And so when the Lord is our shepherd, we're better able to, to focus on our spiritual side, and hopefully maybe a little less on our material side, better able to recognize that the Lord provides what we need, if not always what we thought we wanted. On the other hand, we have wants that are not material in nature. Desires that go deep, deep, deep inside. Hopes and dreams that aren't necessarily extravagant and they are not self-centered. For example, we want good health. We want good health for us. We want good health for those who we love. Sometimes we want someone to do life with in a marital relationship. We want to have a family with someone. Sometimes we want a child so badly that it hurts. Sometimes we want our spouse to set, stay when they want to go. Our children to make these choices when they're making those choices. Oftentimes, these things that I speak of right now, those wants involve losses, loss of relationship. We want our child back. We want our spouse back. We want our parents back. We want our home back, our job back, whatever it is. Sometimes we just want to know that God is listening when it seems that our prayers are just kind of hitting the ceiling and stopping right there. There are a lot of wants that we have that are not necessarily materialistic at all. They're not extravagant and they're not selfish. Sometimes they're downright painful. We experience a lot of pain in these deep-seated wants because they're so deep into our soul and we just have trouble understanding why God wouldn't take care of those kinds of things. Why God would allow our heart to break. Why, why God would put us through the challenges that God allows. And so it's at these times that we basically have a choice. And the choice is this, we can either turn from God or we can turn to God. We can either walk or sometimes run away from God 
<laughs> Angry that our wants seem to be going unfilled, our desires seem to be unheeded, our prayers apparently going unanswered. Or we can turn to God, embrace God, find comfort in God, knowing that He is truly all that we really do have. That, that there is truly no place else to turn to find comfort and peace in our times of heartbreak, understanding that the Lord is our shepherd, that then He is the only one that can help us somehow deal with these, quote, once in our lives. You know, when we say, you are with me, Lord, we can then deal with these kind of challenges. And finally, there are wants in the category of necessities of life. I mean, we're talking basics. We're talking food. We're talking shelter. We're talking warmth. Quite honestly, I almost wish our heat wasn't working right now because the first two services sat there cold, but it is not nearly as cold as what people are out there. There are basic needs that are not met, that are legitimate. And in our, our psyche, it's really hard to even go anywhere, play, any place else in our head spiritually when we have these basic needs that go unmet. There are Christ followers who are homeless. There are Christ followers who are hungry. There are Christ followers who do not have food, who are lonely. The Lord is their shepherd, and yet they do want. They do need, and they do lack something. And so we have to wonder, how can this be? I mean, was David, who wrote this psalm, was he lying to us? Is this a mistake? What is this scripture all about? And here's the conclusion that we've come to. It's not a matter of provision. It's a matter of distribution. You see, if the Lord is your shepherd and you are in want, it's not because God hasn't provided, but that stuff is in other hands and it hasn't been released. It hasn't been shared like it's supposed to be shared. You know, we often say here at Connection, probably almost every Sunday, that we are the hands, the feet, the voice of Jesus Christ, that we need to go out and be Jesus with skin on. And if the Lord is our shepherd, and we are the hands and feet of Christ, then it's up to us to help the person that is in want, and I mean basic need kind of want, to try to make a difference. And, and if they are in want, the question becomes, what are we going to do about that? How is God calling us to be the hands and the feet of the shepherd? We have a lot of work to do, Connection Church. We have our work cut out for us, don't we? 
Yes. Kind of like the song by a guy named Matthew West. Song's called "Do Something." He, it says, I, I, "I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble. Now, thought, how you'd ever get so far down? How's it going to turn around?" And asked several questions about people in need, about the world around him, turning toward heaven. And 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 he says, "I shook my fist at heaven and said, see, see, God, why don't you do something?'" And God said, I did. I created you. I created you. So, you know, here at Connection, we, we try as a church to make a difference in this area. Hundreds of families each month are fed through the food ministry. We have a an army of volunteers. An army. They pick food up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and serve food Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we celebrate Wawa and um, Starbucks, KFC. Yeah, KFC. And instead of throwing food away, freeze it, and then allow us to redistribute that food. What a blessing for those hundreds of families who are blessed in that way. You know, a lot of this past fall, winter, a lot of individuals are a little warmer today because they got a coat through your generosity. Kids in, in New Delhi, India received a blanket recently to keep them warm. It gets cold there too. <laughs> With the money that you provided, and we were able to send to our sister church and our uh, leaders there, Koshi and Joycey, uh, Koshi and Joycey there. Hundred, excuse me, a thousand children on the other side of the world received a little shoebox with some nice little things in it, but most especially an opportunity to learn about Jesus Christ through your generosity, Operation Christmas Child. And we're currently praying about uh, a team to participate in something called the Open Table, in which uh, we have a, a group of people who walk alongside a family in need and help them through relationship to kind of get a fresh start. You know, God calls us to make a difference, both collectively as we do through the church, but also individually. Through the church, but also outside the church on our own. Most especially with those who are in need, those who are in want. And the question for you today is, how is God calling you? What, what is God calling you to? To be the hands, feet of Christ. Uh, uh, you know, when God says, yeah, <laughs> I made you, what did he make you for? Where's the need that he's calling you to? So you've just heard the 5.0 version of this message. <laughs> We've really struggled with it. And it's very different than what it was the first time around. And I have to say, I'm really different after dealing with this scripture. Because when I hear now, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, it means something different. I hope it means something different to you too. See, that's what we do with scripture. We take it and we really lean into it and apply it to our lives and see what God is saying to us through the scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Now that's an individual decision. That's a decision that you have to make, that we've had to make. The Lord, first of all, we have to say you are Lord. That is step one, meaning nothing else, no one else comes before you. You are Lord. And once we claim Lord as Lord, then we learn and grow into what it means that the Lord is our shepherd. To listen for the Lord's voice, listen for the Lord's leading, and follow, just like the sheep did. The Lord is my shepherd. And then the next part, I shall not want. I shall not want. The Lord never casts us aside in our wants, and some of our deep, deep wants and our struggles the Lord is a compassionate God whose love is never failing. And the Lord cares, and the Lord will fight for you. The Lord fights for us. And the Lord wants us to have the deep, deep desires of our heart. He came to bring us joy and life to the fullest. The Lord also calls us as shepherds, as shepherding God's people too. He is our shepherd. And then we, again, as in the image of God, go out to feed his sheep. We are called to be the hope, Christ through us, the hope for others. So when we hear, I shall not want, that includes us trying to make a difference for others. It could be simple. It could just be reaching out in care and concern to somebody. Just letting someone know they're loved because we're an extension of God. And that's what God has. God loved us first so that we could love. First John 4. God loved us first so that we could love. The Lord is my shepherd. When I take a look at this, when we take a look at this whole psalm, the big takeaway is that and it's the title slide of this entire series. Lord, you are with me through it all. Can you say you are with me? Yeah, he is with you. And because of that, we can say the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I shall not want. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, at first, hearing this scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, it just seems so cut and dried and easy. And then you created this, this space where we had to grapple. And that's what you want for each one of us, to take your word and grapple with it. And I know that when we truly do that, we come out saying, yes, you are still Lord. And you are our shepherd. And you, you can satisfy us even in our want. So I thank you for that. And I pray for each family represented here, each person represented here in our congregation that you would indeed satisfy their needs, their desires. 
thank you so much, Lord, for calling us each one here today as we seek to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.